Blog Talk Radio. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Welcome to the break beat. We make heat to play streets with these words. Whether you win the burbs or in the hood on the street curve or corner. Crushing all the borders in your mental state. Elevation taking a full in line like the interstate. Finna take you on the journey like the Zelda game. Painting perfect pictures without the cellophane. The Pelopane's window staying with destruction. And we're here with ideas for construction. Critiquing critics with cynics with the lyrics. Demolish demons and spirits to make the network less limited. Covered your position. Listen, when I drop wisdom with the gods missing in a big pot. To piston, give it all I got to give it the spirit info. Stimulate your mental over instrumental. Trying to reach my kinfo, tired of the cheap talk. Gotta get informed and spread a message of free thought. Separate the name, the break represents the news and issues we use to discuss a new concept. To be this, how I rearrange and change the presentation so it isn't as complex together. Introduce topics, micro, macroscopic, with a little logic and perspective. Educate, entertain, graffiti on your brain so the set for a change for a make. I'm going, going, back, back on the airwaves, airwaves. Yes, we're coming, coming, back, back on the airwaves, airwaves. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to that the Breakbeat. <laughs> look, look, today's a, today's a hip-hop holiday, so, you know, I had to start it off a little different. Um <clears throat> Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Breakbeat. It's your boy, M-C-B-R-O-O-K-S, right here. Also got the loveliest of the lovely co-hosts right next to me, or right, not literally next to me, but also on the line, uh, Noah, Noah Jones. Stop. And uh, ch- uh, chiming in from L.A., L.A., that's where she stay. We got <laughs> we got Vita Star from uh, On Blast with Vita Star. She's still here. She may have muted herself. Okay, that works. Um, <laughs> in any case, um, so we got uh, uh, we got a pretty dope show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, we're gonna be doing the mixed topics show, so we're gonna be discussing. Excuse me. Uh, a, a few topics. Uh, everything from Michael Sam to an update on Donald Sterling. Uh, we're going to talk about hip hop um, and and a few other things. You know how we do on here. And um, so we'll 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 get into that a little later. As you know, before we get into anything else, um, going to start off with some announcements. Uh, no, Vita, we can't hear you. Um, okay, she's saying she's not unmuted, but she is. Your mic is hot. I don't know what's going on. Uh, call out, call back in. Hang up and dial back in. We'll see. Maybe that'll work. Um, in any case, uh, as I was saying, um, announcements. So obviously, go back, check the archives. Um, obviously, our last show was the Don Sterling show about two or three weeks ago. Um, so def- definitely go back and check that out. Our listens and our numbers from that show were pretty dope. And uh, you know, we we can all we can always stand to do better. So make sure you go back and check that out. Make sure you go and follow myself as well as Noah on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Uh, I'm at MC Brooks. She's at Noah Athena on Twitter, and uh, you can find us on Facebook 
as well. So um, this past Sunday, we had uh, Shedding the Cloak of Fear, Guilt, Silence, and Shame, Losing My Religion. That show was hosted by, by Kim. Last mm-hmm. Friday, we had Black, LGBTQ, Athleticism, and Shaming, hosted by Alfred, Carl, and Kim. Uh, prior to that, we had Emma Evil. They did the best and worst black movies. And uh, prior to that, we had the Bring Back Our Girls show, uh, which is also which also has some pretty, pretty, pretty phenomenal numbers. All right, Vita's back. Vita, can you hear me or say something? <laughs> that should say. Yeah. I'm there gonna, you go. I, you know, it, say I was unmuted before. Not usually it tells you. It didn't tell me before. So I don't know. It was a glitch on, on the blog mm-hmm. talk site. It wasn't me or you. So... <laughs> But what up, everybody? What's up? What's up, Vita Bonita? <laughs> oh, I like that. We, we need to roll with that. New Vita nickname, Bonita. Vita Bonita. Nick- All right, I like that. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, go ahead and adopt that. Thank you, Noah. That would yeah, have been dope if I had uh, a... <laughs> it would have been doper had, they, had she said that, like, right after I gave you my uh, the intro. L.A., L.A., that's where she stay. <laughs> I heard oh, well. that. I like that. That was pretty dope. I, I like that I had a little uh, song intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, of course. Like I said, today, today, today is a uh, uh, today is a celebration in hip hop history. I'm sure Vita, and I'm sure both of you know it's Biggie's birthday. You know, yeah, I know that, yeah. Oh, I know over on the West Coast. You know, y'all y'all didn't show Biggie that that much love because of the whole '90s thing. But beside that, today's Biggie's birthday, so shout out to B.I.G. and, and all of that. So we might as well jump uh, head first. Might as well jump head first into this uh, this topic. Vita, you post. You actually sent me the link. You want to uh, give us the details on that Iggy article? So basically, there was an article on Forbes magazine. Um, I don't have it in front of, oh, you know, I can actually see the title right now. But initially, the article said, hip-hop is run by a white, blonde, Australian woman. Um, yeah, that's what the, that's what the Forbes article said. So, it, after a lot of outrage and people being like, wait, what the fuck? Because <laughs> uh, you, you read the article. And not only is hip-hop apparently run by a white blonde Australian woman, but it's not just any blonde Australian woman. It's the worst rapper I've ever heard, Iggy Azalea. <laughs> Iggy Azalea. They're trying to say this pop whatever version of – she's like a pop version of Creation. If y'all remember Creation, y'all remember her? Yeah, oh, yeah, Creation. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's basically a pop version of her. And – She's supposedly running hip-hop. Now, after outrage, Forbes, of course, had to change that. And they uh, changed the article to something like, you know, hip-hop big, next big thing or something like that. Because if you read the article, it didn't even say she was running hip-hop. The article pretty much just said that she was a white Australian rapper. But, um, oh, the title was changed. The hip-hop unlikely new star, a white blonde Australian woman. They changed it too. But even then, I find it interesting that, first of all, why the fuck is Forbes writing about hip-hop? Like, I don't understand that. Unless you're talking about money. This shit ain't had nothing to do with money, if you guys read the article. And you're reading the article, has nothing to do with uh, money, why the fuck is Forbes writing about it? And they're writing about this black-ass 
rapper who <laughs> has no real credibility in hip hop. I mean, she's being endorsed by people like Ti or whatever. But let, let's be real. No, no real hip hop person is gonna be like, yeah, Iggy Azalea. She's you know running hip hop. Get the fuck out of here. But they're they're trying to push her for whatever reason. I guess I have no I have no clue. I'm trying to figure out how this chick's in Australia but has a southern accent. Nobody has been able to explain that to me either. But you know, <laughs> but you know what? This just follows this follows a pattern. This follows a, a pattern that we've seen all throughout, you know, history. First, it was you know, first you had the Beastie Boys, you know, basically white people doing the you know the the the, the, the black genre and you know actually being okay at it, and everyone's you know crowding around them and giving them all these accolades and whatnot, you know, because hey, they're you know the fact that they're they're they are the elephant in the room to say the least. Then we saw it again when Eminem came out in the night. We can't saw it again when Eminem came out and it was like, oh shit. I mean, despite the fact that you know, obviously Eminem, you know, is is talented among his own right. Um, you know, one thing that people have noted so much over the years is that you know, if you listen to the, the Detroit uh, battle scene, there were 50 million rappers that rap like him. He just you know, a large part of his success and the fact that people, you know, gave him a spotlight was because, well, he, unlike everyone else, he was white. And, you know, you know this is just... Right. What? Well, this, this is the thing. She's not, like, you You said that, you know, they'll give an okay rapper this spotlight. She's not even okay. Like, she's really awful. Like, she's horrible. <laughs> she sucks. I mean, it's like, not, like if you just want to find a white rapper, white female rapper, I can find a, actually Invincible. I'm not going to say I'm her biggest fan, but it's not because she's whack. The girl's dope. And I really think that, you know, somebody like that, Invincible, would deserve to be, you know, um, getting more promotion. Or somebody like Eternia. You know, if you guys remember Eternia, she was this white Canadian rapper. I remember rapper. Eternia. Yeah, she was I, pretty cool. I just met her in person. Cool, cool, very you know, cool. You know what's interesting that you mentioned uh, Invincible? One of the stories I, you know, one of the first times I discovered Invinc- that I discovered who she was was after hearing a story about how, like, when Jay Z was working with at Def Jam, and basically uh, he had two female artists that he kind of had to come to a decision on as to who he was going to put his money and whatnot behind, and one of the artists that came up was Invincible, and the other one is. You know the rapper, if you even want to call it that, Lady Sovereign. Pretty sure you guys know which one Jay picked. But one of the reasons I, uh, I read that Jay picked her was that he didn't. He basically was like, mm, not sure how, not sure like, not sure what I can do with this, with Invincible. Not sure what I, I can't market her. You know, I I think people, you know I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I'm excited about white women in hip hop. I'm not at all. But I figure if there's gonna be someone, they should they should be dope. Just think about it like this: if you're a black artist and you get into something like classical music, if you want to get notoriety, you have to be fucking phenomenal. You have to be like a six year old that plays like some crazy, you know, Beethoven or something. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be Chopin. Like, you got to be six playing Chopin to be black and get some notoriety in classical music. You're being fucking ridiculous phenomenal. I can only think of a couple of country music artists that are big, you know what I mean, that are black. If I was thinking one, and I don't know one black woman who was writing for a lot of these country 
artist, but never made it in the industry, even though she wrote for pretty much half of these motherfuckers. And I, yet they don't get you know, they don't get articles written about how they're about to run that company. It doesn't work like that. But when they do something minimal, minimal hip hop, all of a sudden they're the greatest thing, you know, to the scene. And she sucks. I don't right. and I think it. I think and I, th- I think the I think the other thing about I think the other the other side of it is I think some people are so starved to have women represented in mainstream hip hop that you know anyone who comes out the who comes out from nowhere and gets you know a major cosign they basically try to ride that wave because you remember Krayshawn was a thing for a while like that was a thing yeah. Like people, yeah. people really try yeah, to make she her faded happen. Into, she faded and, into nothing anyway. Right, exactly. And then even Lady Sovereign was a thing. I mean, she only had yep, one I song in the too. U.S., but even that—that that was she. They tried to make her happen, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, you know, it, 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 it sucks because you know people like the. It's like people seem to have this. They seem to run with this idea like there can only be one, you know, female who makes it, you know, into, who makes it. And unfortunately, you know, it just seems right. like, you know, only only one manages to make it. And because people are so starved, I guess, to have women represented, you know, they'll cling to, they'll cling to anyone. You know, Nicki Minaj is, is pretending to be gay and and doing all this stuff, you know, on her records, and people are clinging to it because, you know, she she you know she had that. Is she married now? Monster. I don't know. See, I think I, I think you're I think you're absolutely right, Brooke. And you know, and getting to a point that your main point that you were making that you know people are so starved for a female artist that they're just doing whatever, you know. But at the same time, there are really dope females that are out there. Like even and even within the hip hop community, if you even want to include some of these publications in hip hop, you know, even with them. Like XXL had Iggy on the cover, what, 2012? Iggy. Yeah, she was one of the freshmen, right? Yeah, she was one of the freshmen. Yeah, she was. She was a freshman. And Rhapsody hasn't been on the freshman cover. And and Rhapsody's fucking ridiculous. We don't even support black women in this industry. At least black women that aren't Nicki Minaj. (laughs) Right. One. One. Or, or even, or, or I guess, even, I guess a better way to say is, uh, who have an alternate image than the image that you're used to? I guess is a better way to say it. Like you don't get, you don't get all sides of femininity represented at that level. You get one right. large one, and a lot, and it, it, it has, it largely has to do with, you know, the, the, the idea of the male gaze, and, 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 you know, this is what they want. This is what these men in, in these, uh. In these um, record labels and in the in the in the culture, and that are fans of the genre, this is what they want to see. So it's and it's, it's two sided. Yeah, and, and the thing about Nicki Minaj is that she kind of combines the image that women have had to play, or the role women have had, women have had to play in hip hop. Either they're hyper masculine, or they're hyper sexualized, right? So you have somebody like the Brat, or you know Missy Elliott, who went from you know very masculine image to a very, you know, I guess she was hyper, I don't know, she started doing sex songs, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, talking about one-minute man and all this stuff, you know. And then you've got, 
Lil' Kim and Foxy who were, you know, hypersexualized and about playing men for what they got. Nicki Minaj is a, is it's kind of a mix because even though she's hypersexualized, if you listen to a lot of her songs, she's very tough and rough. You know what I mean? I'll get I'll get at you. Not on no gangster shit, but she's very much in your face. She talks a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's almost as if like oh we got enough with Nikki. She gives us you know what we're you know she's got this talking songs talking about looking at nigga, and she also has songs talking about needing a man or wanting a relationship, or a love or something. You know what I mean? But also talking yeah. about the fact that she's, Boss talks about the fact that she's got money and will throw it in your face. You know what I mean? And take care and take care of herself. Like, she has, like, all those, all those, all the images that are required, she has them. And we don't have, but if the problem with that is that we don't have people out, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw Rhapsody out there again, because I kind of feel like, to me, she's the image of, 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 a, of an MC. Just an MC. She not she doesn't have a gimmick. She's relatable. She's like she reminds me of Lauren Hill in the sense that she talks about shit that I, I as a regular black woman in America could listen to and be like, Yup, I can't relate to no Lil Kim. I can't relate to the brat. I can't relate to Lady of Rage. I love I love Lady of Rage. I can't relate to her like that. But I could relate to somebody like Rapsy. I can relate to certain rappers, like like I would say, like some people can. Rap, if you're a, you know, like somebody like Fonte, they don't have a gimmick. They just they're just them. And that's what I think. Like Jean Grey. Jean Grey, she doesn't have a gimmick. She's just a rapper, a dope ass rapper. She's very artistic and creative. But those images aren't put forth for women. If you're a male rapper, we I can make, I can go through a list. Kendrick Lamar. He's not a gangster rapper. He's just a guy from Compton telling you what it's like being a kid from Compton. And he's very lyrical. We can, but he's allowed to get that image. Women don't have that opportunity. We have to be gimmicked or under a man and being pushed by a man. True. And I think and part of it is, you know, Iggy getting T.I.'s cosign. Right. Like T.I., yeah. uh, who else? There are a couple people who came, uh, basically came riding for And, in fact, they came riding for Krayshawn, too, at first. That's money, I though. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to make money off. You know, that's the thing. Like, at that level, I feel like they're just trying to, you know, they're like, oh, this is going to be the next big thing to pop. Let me get my name on this as well and give her that extra push. Because they're thinking about themselves at that point. Okay. Hey. Okay. So I have a comment. I have a comment here, and so I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some feedback from uh, the two of you. Uh, what do you think about uh, the uh, this comment that you shouldn't get mad at the artist for being commercial, and that you should we should find we should bl- we should place more blame on the industry more so than. Uh, Iggy for Iggy having the success that she's had. You want to start, Noah? Mm. I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I feel that, but then I don't because she knows what she represents. It's not like she came in there blind. Like, just like Eminem has spoken on certain, you know, discrimination, and he's spoken on certain things. 
he knew what he represented. He knew that part of the reason that he was popular and he made it was because he was white. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she... I feel like she knows she she knows that too. I mean, I I don't know. I, I can't stand Iggy Azalea, so I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. Because the fact of the matter is, is that Australian or not, she knows what it is, and it's a it's not only is it a, a, a black male dominated culture, but it's part. I mean, it's part of the black culture, and you come in with borrowing borrowing swag. I mean, you're fucking Australian. You come in borrowing flag from other people and just acting like, you know, I don't know, whatever. I don't have I don't have anything constructive to say. I don't like I don't like her, so. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't I can't either. I don't understand the comment, to be honest with you. So I'm trying to figure out what do they what do they signify as being mad at the artist? Like what does that mean? Who I'm trying to figure out what 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 point was there a co- a comment made that we were mad at Iggy at all about anything? Uh, Somebody in probably, their chest because they're a super fan. I'm just, just trying to figure out the comment because I mean, saying she's garbage doesn't mean I'm mad at her. She's just garbage. She's whack. I'm not mad at her for being whack. She's just whack. She, am I, do I? She's gonna capitalize on the fact that she she doesn't give a fuck if she's whack. She's gonna capitalize on the stardom. This isn't about being yeah. mad at Azalea. This isn't really being mad about you know. Uh, just the industry itself, but it's just a, it's, it's pointing out what what's happening. This is what's happening. This is this is what it is. She's garbage. The media is pushing her for whatever reason. Because and we and we know what it is. We know it's because she's white. We know it's because she's got her you know she got shots to make her ass bigger. We know this. Asses are in right now. She got she's a white girl with ass. They can market that. Isn't that something that we've heard rappers say? It's the black woman's worst nightmare. A white woman with that? Oh, yeah. So they found a, so they found a white woman. Is that using a rapper somewhere? I feel like I've heard that somewhere. I want to say ludicrous. It's a ludicrous one. I'm not 100%. And that would and that would make sense. I mean, you know, somebody might want to fact check that. But, you know, <laughs> but, but real shit, like, you know, that's the I And I've heard white uh, black guys say white women with ass, white women with ass. Like, you know, we don't, we're not going to need black women anymore. Yep. So they, anyway, so, so you put this white girl with ass. I mean, who else? I mean, who's gonna knock Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj is just a black woman with ass. We've seen that. A white woman with ass—that's something exotic. And here's here now here, Iggy Azalea. And she's yep, she, falling right into it. So I'm just saying, let's talk about being mad at Iggy. We're just pointing out what it is. If that's be if that and it and it's not even about being mad at mainstream pop music. It's about pointing out that. You know, the fact that hip-hop is black, any, pretty much any American genre of music is black music. We created it. We started it. The shit gets co-opted and taken every time. Jazz is me. I've, I've been to a jazz show. I, see, I saw barely any black people performing it. Barely. I want to say I could count them on one hand. This is a big fest, like a big event. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll gone, country music gone. We started with the blues. Hip hop is something that we've been able to maintain for a little while, and it's like somehow we're supposed to, you know, let that strip away. We don't have, a, and the thing is, we don't you even can. have a pop artists or white hip hop artists or white rappers. I think black, I think uh, hip hop is actually a lot 
is pretty welcome when it comes to that, as long as you're good. I mean, they're opening their arms. Well, it used to, well, you, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's in, in mainstream, you, it used to be that way to some degree. Even with country, even with country music, people are surprised that nowadays people are surprised to see a black person doing country music, and they don't realize that it started out Art. as a black-dominated genre. <laughs> It was the same way with rock. It was like, you know, that's, you know, Lenny Kravitz was known as one of the few, well, one that's the only black guy who did rock for a while, as far as mainstream is concerned. Yeah. It's like the fact that, you know, one, well, if, you know, we started it, as Vita pointed out, and the fact that, you know, if you if you, if you you leave mainstream uh, uh, rock and roll and go to more of the subgenres and more at the indie level, you can find, hey, Whoa, there are plenty of black people doing it. Yeah. Especially, especially in, the, in, in if you look at hip hop, especially in the underground scene, you'll see a lot of white rappers, and they're popular and they have followings. Yeah, but you, I mean, you already, yeah, you, actually you already know part of yeah, you know part of that part of that is just people being mad at mainstream, and you know, pe- people just accepting whatever you know the alternate to what everyone likes is, you know. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. well, this guy's not Lil Wayne, so he's dope. You know, that's what happened with Macklemore. <laughs> yeah. Niggas were like, oh, he's not Wayne. He ain't Drake. Macklemore is so, like, generic. I, I really, I remember listening to people were acting like he was somehow phenomenal. I'm listening to him. He, I don't, nothing about him is, like, lyrical. He can I? He, huh? I was going to say, can I do a little, side, a little sidebar on Drake real quick? Uh-oh. Cause I saw an article. I saw an article in, um, I don't know, which, which one of those black magazines did I pick up? Ebony. I think it was Ebony. Is that the one with um, Kanye and Rihanna and Beyonce on it right now? Uh, Is that Ebony? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. But it was either Ebony or Essence. One of them is. And I don't normally pick it up, but my girl is on it, Rihanna. So I had to pick it up. And inside, there was this little column done, I think it's by Michael Eric Dyson, and he did a little um, column on Drake, just basically talking about how um, people, how people um, are always are always talking about how soft, like men and women, like they're always talking about how soft he is and, and all this other, and all this other shit, and then, and then complain that there's no diversity in hip hop. It was a very interesting. It was a very interesting little piece. I wish I had it in front of me, but I don't. I, should, I mean, that's a, that's a point. That's a point that I've been making. I've been making for the longest time, and I, and honestly, I think it's part of the reason that Drake, over the last two years, has adopted his new hyper masculine um, um, personality. I guess, if you will, you know, you, you hear him on records talking about shit that you know he ain't been around. And him talking about shit that you know, like talking about you know a life that you know he ain't really about. You know what I mean? But you know he's trying to. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know. I think you know, the fact that he's been clowned on, you know, virtually since he came in the game, you know, for being the kind of guy he is and writing some of the songs that he's written. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Drake Drake has definitely written some loser shit. Like Marvin's room is some <laughs> loser shit. Like come on, B. Like Thank that's you. that's Thank that's some sucker shit. Come on, son. He, you know, you're going to call up your ex-girlfriend mad because she moved on. Fuck out of here. Um, but that being that being said, you know, it should be perfectly okay. I, I feel like, you know, 
Drake is essentially kind of firing back at people for saying that he's not masculine enough. You know, it's, it's like he, he kept saying, I don't care, I don't care, and finally just got to a point where he's like, you know what, I just got to I gotta play, I gotta play up to it. And so, you know, he started rapping a lot harder now, started talking about knowing niggas that got guns and, you know, knowing people, you know, he has this whole mafioso look that he had going on where he had the, the scruffy <laughs> the scruffy beard and it looked like he just woke up from a bar fight and some shit. Like, that's that's what it is. You know, Drake should be able to, I've always said Drake should be able to, you know, to be who he is, you know, and that should be okay. See, this is the problem with Drake, though. You you pointed it out with Marvin's room. It's not for me, and I think for a lot of people, and I think this is where what he's missing, mostly because of how you know larger society views masculinity. Um, but the problem with Drake isn't that he's not masculine, because that's that's a that's a very weird thing to even try to identify, and you know, if they in lockdown and there being one definition, because there isn't. But, right. Um, but it wasn't the issue that he was he he's extreme. He's an extreme. And I think that's the problem. And especially in an industry where to get this popular wall, you do have to be extreme on certain things. You know, you have to be extra gangster to be a popular gangster rapper. You have to be extra, you know, about ladies if you you know, you doing some LL shit. You know what I mean? It's like we like they have to do you have to be extreme. It's a big or go to a certain extreme as far as your image, because you have to get noticed and you have to stand out and let that be what represents you, which what people think of when I hear, what do I think of when I hear party music? What do I think of when I hear gangster rap? What do I think of when I, you know, think of whatever? So that's, that's, how, they, that's how they have to market themselves. I get that. But his extremes are, are things that nobody likes. People don't like to think, I mean, I'm not saying it's not relatable. Are there guys that definitely call up their girlfriends on some fucking shit? They do. But the problem is in larger society, we don't like that shit. We don't want songs about you whining because you were in love with some porn star. That shit's annoying. <laughs> so we don't need him to be a gangster rapper. We just don't want to all these songs he's crying all the time. If that's cool, we get it. You have a sensitive side. We only need a couple of them. So it's like, oh my, I, and I think that's, and I think that's more so. It's like, man, it's like. We don't need you to be extra out. We just want you to calm the fuck down. Like you real emotional. I'm not. I'm not that emotional as a person. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm listening to you. Like it's like think about having a homeboy or or a homegirl. You know what I mean? And they always whining about some shit every time you see them. They gotta (laughs) whine. I actually do have a friend like that. And oddly enough, he actually did act out Marvin. He actually, I was actually next to him when he you know, did what Drake did in Marvin's room and, you know, called and cussed out his ex at, like, 3 in the morning <laughs> one night. Like, I saw I every he was speaking from real experience. That's some real shit. Niggas be doing that shit. Yeah, they do. And that's the most annoying shit, too. Like, what the fuck are you calling me for? Like, seriously? I'm not going to lie to you, V. I kind of feel you only because, like, his last CD, Ever Loves That CD, and I could not. I just could not. I was like, nothing was the I was same. like, dude, he is... I was like, dude, he was he's singing this whole time. I mean, I love to hear you sing, Drake, but you really can't sing that well. One, like, autotune is being great to you, but right. I don't like. His I don't want to sit here and hear you sing and hear you sing this whole. I wanted to hear you rap. 
Like, I didn't want to sit here and listen to you sing this whole CD. I mean, I understand that you're sensitive and you need love and niggas need love too and everything. <laughs> but at the same time, though, you're still a rapper or are you a rapper? Are you a singer now? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think, as far as I'm concerned, I think, it, I think it's perfectly okay if he wants to, 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 to add that to his repertoire. I mean, that's, I, that's fine. And what not, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't no, particularly no, no, no. care. Huh? I disagree. Have you heard him sing live? That's okay. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen him live, and I don't plan to. I'm good on that. He's terrible. Look, I, know he's, he's terrible. I know he's probably trash live. You're right. It's absolutely fine to have your repertoire if you're good. It's not okay if you suck. Yes. It's not okay. If you're Lauren Hill, yeah, you can do that shit. Drake, no. I'm sorry. If you can't sing, why are you singing? And that's already one of my biggest pet peeves. Rappers who want to sing and singers who want to rap, and they're not good at the other thing. I don't want to hear fucking Fonte singing. I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. The only time Fonte sounds good is when Darian Brockington is singing the background to help him out. That's the only time. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. So it, that's already annoying on its own. But Drake doesn't just sing. He sings the most emotional shit. And that's the other thing. He sings in the same tune every time. He has the same melody. Pay attention. You could imitate Drake easily if you wanted to. He does the same goddamn melody. Yep. And you can also tell when he's when he's ghostwritten for others. Like, Unthinkable, the Alicia Key song has Drake written all over it. <laughs> Trizzy. Exactly. See? Trizzy. So is Drake... Huh? All right. Drake is not just his mask. It's not, he didn't have to be no gangster. He didn't stop with the bullshit, like the extreme shit. Just be ready. Well, yeah, I, and I agree. It, it, I mean, it's just it's interesting, you know, to hear the transition because when I like I have his first couple mixtapes uh, from when he was back on Degrassi, and on there he's talking about like how he's never gonna like he's never he's never sold a drug, never been around gangsters or anything like that. And now fast forward 2014, and yeah, yeah you know, all of a all of a sudden, all of a sudden, pops was cooking keys in the kitchen. You know, <laughs> all, all all of a sudden, his his homie his homie got his homie got got an ox under the tongue, got a ratchet underneath his belt. You know, like nah, it's you not, don't know he could be too. a celebrity drug smuggler from Canada. <laughs> Like, songs about yeah, you you can cross the border. You don't you don't really need to. Like you, I had a couple of his mixtapes before. Um, he while while he like, I don't know if he was on the grassy still or not. I think he was. I'm not sure because I didn't, I watched the grassy hill late. But he had like a song with Trey songs like uh, called Replacement Girl. It's the first time I ever heard. Yeah. Of him. And now I remember that joint. Yeah, I heard that. I remember the video. I, 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 at the time, I really liked Trey's songs before he sold out and started trying to be R. Kelly or whatever the fuck he's doing. Um, <laughs> but I was looking up some Trey song shit, and I was like, oh, he has a song with some dude named Drake. And I'm looking at the video. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. This is very weird. I felt weird about it because it was, like, just weird. The girls looked weird. Everything just looked weird. But, and the song was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, I realized it was Canadian <laughs> later. And then I um I I used to um I somehow got in touch with a guy who created that video and he created a whole bunch of other videos that are very Canadian. 
like, an awful. They're not awful, they're just weird. They're just hard to watch. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm watching this video, and it's this corny-ass song, Replacement Girl. But I, I'm like, oh, wow, dude could actually spit. Like, so his flow was pretty dope. I actually thought he was good. So, oh, let me, keep, let me get his own mixtape. This is a mixtape. He's talking about, you know, he's talking about being, he's talking about being Jewish and black. He has talked about his, I mean, oh, a couple Oh, Room of for Improvement, yeah, that's the joint. Yeah, yeah. And, he's and um, talking about the second joint. He's talking about trying to make it, and hey, if that is, you know, uh, letting them in the club, <laughs> you know, like just it, when they go, it's not, I mean, I'm a dance outside the club, whatever, you know, he's just talking about regular <laughs> shit. There he, he wasn't singing, he wasn't whining, he was just talking about regular ass shit, just regular shit, corny shit, because he's, he's a corny guy, but regular shit. I was like, oh, I like this. And this, I think he had some other shit come out. It was a little slow for me. I forgot what the what the shit that came out. Take care. That was called, what that came out after the mixtape that he got almost got a Grammy. Oh, so far gone. He had that shit. So um, far. um, you talking about not CC's interlude. Um, uh, God, that's you talking about successful that joint where he's like on. spending every night in the studio. Yeah, successful. I just want to be successful. Oh yeah, and that song too. I hated that song. That beat, I was it like, was, who, who the hell produced this? this they made this loop in like two seconds. You, I'm like, my, I, my I, man, my you, man used Fruity Loops. Like, what I is think, this? I think you're my hip hop twin. I, I really believe you're my hip hop twin, Brooks. Like, you have just confirmed that you are my hip hop twin because that is my problem <laughs> with that song. The topic and the concept, the lyrics are great. I cannot sit and listen to that shit because it's just so I, fucking slow and weird. It's just like, what the fuck kind of like who produced this? And it was. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm so with you, bro. Like, you and I, like, you have to be my hip-hop twin, because there's no way. I, you, you hit the nail on the head on why I don't like that song. And you know, you know, after, I'm, I'm gonna send you this when I, if it, I hope it's on YouTube. There's a somebody mixed that joint with um, the Dead Presidents beat, and it actually, it actually sounded dope. I was kind of surprised. My, my homeboy put me onto it, and I was like, successful in, in Dead Presidents. The fuck. And I actually heard it, and I'm like, oh, hmm, okay. This actually kind of works. That's wow, that's dope. But, yeah, Drake needs to get back to being a normal person. That was cool. And you, and you know what sucks about it? His last album in particular um, is that when you when the intro came on, I was like, oh, okay. Is, is this what we're doing now? Like, this, he's actually just spitting. Like he didn't try. He didn't try to. He's not like imitating nobody else or any or any shit. Like he just rhyming. I'm like okay. And then the beat changed up a couple times. And I'm like oh okay. Drake Drake wasn't Drake wasn't playing. All right. And then um on the sec I remember on the sec at the end of the second track he had a Jake one beat come on. That shit was smooth. And I was like oh, Jake oh this man this man is actually uh, okay okay. Okay, I can I can see he's actually been hanging around some some dope producers and shit. You know, I, I heard the guy he was in talks with Ninth Wonder for this for this project. All right, let's see what the rest of the album got. Then the rest of the album happened. <laughs> like the the only song I really really like fucked with was Pound Cake. And honestly, I, I'd have been happy if he put anybody but Jay Z on that beat. You know what's funny? Pound Cake was good, but I like. I like the other people that rapped over that beat better than I like. Oh yeah, song. Raekwon Raekwon like, did a did a, a verse over it that was that was dope. Um, I'm trying to think, I heard a couple. Rapper, I heard a couple people. Do there's food. a rapper oh. out here. 
rapper out here named Scheme, um, he rapped That's, over I, I did see that. Yeah, I probably posted that shit because I was like, damn, dude. Cause that's the thing. Like, out here, we got some dope-ass rappers that are underground out here. You know? If you wouldn't, yeah, I guess he would be considered underground. And he um, he could spit. He's like, you know, sort of gangster rapper. But he's kind of conscious in a non-feminist way at all. Is, is he the <laughs> one you told me was, um, was rhyming, was like doing shit for the neighborhoods out there? Or was that, that was, Nipsey? That was okay. successful. But he... But he but he runs with Nipsey. Like, that's that's his crew. That's his thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. The scheme, you know, scheme talks a lot about building in the community and, you know, going for your dreams. And a lot of your songs are pretty much just being focused on your – in fact, he has a song called Focus. It's about being focused on your goals and shit like that. That's, but he's like a gangster rapper. It's, it's really – it's actually pretty dope. But, um, yeah, about, but he raps with a pound cake. He's, he's ridiculous on that shit. A lot of people, I think, are better on that beat than, than – the actual song on the album. Yeah, um, I mean the thing know, is, is for me. Like, Go ahead. I do. Yeah, I was gonna say I do like one Drake album, and I think that's Take Care. That's the one where he. You like Take the, Care? Yeah. That's the one that had a song about his mom. Uh, yeah, um, but that that was like yeah. one of three songs I liked. I I, I actually kind of <laughs> hated that album. That's the only one I like. I don't like any of his other albums. Like, which one? I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I like his first one more than I like Take Care. I think, I like that song with Rihanna. That song is dope. I don't even like Rihanna, but I like that song with Rihanna. Oh, the actual song, Take Care? Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Drake, Drake put on his finest cape for that, on that song. You know, he did. He he broke out the heavy duty cape that's been, that's been hanging in the closet. You know what I like about that song? Uh, it's a Gil Scott Heron song, that beat, and it's really dope. And I, that's, I love that beat. And I, and I don't, like, that's the only time I, I didn't mind his singing. I don't enjoy it, but I didn't mind it. <laughs> but I actually thought it was a dope album. I like I liked the first one. It was pretty good. Everything, I don't like nothing else, though. Like, uh, and, there was one song in that album that kind of really made me mad, though, and that's the song he did with Rick Ross with the um, Lord Knows. Oh, like, yeah. that was the one track that I'm like, okay, Drake, I, I can deal with you using the same flow on, like, 90% of your songs, but this is a Just Blaze beat. Like, that shit don't work here. Like, you, you got you got to change up, man. Like, you got to you gotta adopt Jay-Z or The Locks or somebody. You got to adopt somebody from New York's flow to make that shit work because that, that, what you were doing, is not working. Yeah. Didn't you want to um, talk about Michael Sam? I want to, because I, I just see the time is winding down, and there were topics that we wanted to talk about before I had to roll out. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Well, we can, we can, we can, we can hop on that. I'll take a music break yeah. after you, after you get gone. Um, okay. Well, let's transition here. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock, or with uh, with not. You know, Mike. Everyone knows Michael Sam came out. I think it was February of this year when he announced it. February, March, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something um, like that. It, earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, in any case, he came out, and you know, it was a it was a big thing, and you know, people were wondering how it was going to affect his draft stock. Um, fortunately, you know, he he did get drafted, which was you know, which was awesome. But you know, obviously, even even they couldn't just let that happen without some controversy. So. 
one of the big the first big thing you know i'm sure and i'm sure the two of you already know about this you know people having an issue with you know the fact that he kissed his boyfriend on live television how what did you guys think about the reaction noah i'll start with you what did you think about the reaction to sam kissing his boyfriend on tv Bullshit, okay? Bullshit. Because if he had been kissing a woman, nobody would have said anything. And the fact, like, people saying, like, stuff like he, people were saying stuff like he's going to corrupt kids. Like, like he was, I don't know, like, I don't know. Like, he was finger-fucking somebody on TV or something. Like, he was, like, it was a porn show or something. Like, no, he kissed. He kissed, dude, and it was a cute little cake kiss too. Although I never, I never understood that shit. Having cake all in my face, but I mean, <laughs> I, I don't like that shit. I never understood that, but it was I'm cute. With you, I'm with you, Noah. Like, I, I don't know. cake is for eating, cake, not for playing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that. Shit. I'm with you, girl. <laughs> But, I mean, they thought it was cute, it was cute, whatever. If it had been a woman, if it had been his girlfriend, then it would have been, oh, that's so cute. Or they probably might not have even shown it because it's so irrelevant. But let it be a dude and, oh, my God, we're corrupting the children. Both of my best friends are gay. Well, one of them is iffy. He don't know. But the other one, he's for sure. And my my son is around them all the time. Am I going to say to him, you know, I'm not, am I going to say to them, don't bring your significant other over here because you 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 might corrupt my son? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's bullshit to me. But they just want to say something. They just, I mean, everybody has something to say. And it, it, what they don't know is that, like, there are so many things over time that have been such a big deal. And then you slowly, it's not really becoming a big deal. And as some of these baby boomers, they get older and some of these motherfuckers die, you know, hopefully that'll lessen that and our kids will grow up knowing that everybody should be able to get married, have rights, and all of that kind of thing, and that is normal, rather than all of this hoo-ha over him, not even, like, tonguing him down, but giving him a cake kiss. Like, that's not even a real kiss. It was a cake kiss. Like, it's not like they were French kissing no, they kiss. They kiss. So, no, they did a, They they kiss first, regular, and then they get to the cake kiss, which is yeah. I don't know. No, I thought it was. You know, cute. that's that's yeah. That kind of it, you know what bugged me. Stephen A. Smith's response when he was talking about oh that that the uh, the cake thing was over the top and nobody really needed to see that. I'm like, shut up. Like normally, I like what Stephen A. has to say because he can even sometimes. Like, I think he'll be really wrong on some shit, and then he'll actually say the right thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. But I feel like on this one, he was definitely all the way in the wrong. Because no one would have had an issue with, like, it's not like it's not like Michael Sam was the first one to have cake in his face on television. That's not the first time this shit has right. happened. That shit happens all across. And if you have an issue with this man being, get, you know, being excited because he just got drafted, then you know what? Maybe the cameras need to go off when they pie people on national TV when someone hits a game-winning run in baseball, or maybe we should stop Gatorade showers mm-hmm. on national TV when you make when you uh, when a coach wins a championship in football. You know, why, why don't we why don't we ban all that too? You know, so talk about over the top and egregious. Well, I have a question. I have a question. Look, um, or um, 
because I mean, I'm asking you because you asked the question, but I guess no, you could answer this too. I was just asking because Brooke um, asked the question. But um, how many times? Like, I, I've never watched the draft ever until this. Like, I'm just now really getting into sports. Which, by the way, nobody told me sports is actually really good and interesting. But I mean, anyway, so now I, I, I'm a, kind of obsessed with sports. I, I love listening to sports radio and what people have to say and all that stuff. So I've been I've been paying attention to sports a lot more often. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have issues with sports. And even if you watch regular news, let's say you didn't really watch sports at all, you're going to run across that Michael Sam clip because just just it's all in the news. It's all in all the publications. They're all reporting on it. But just Michael yeah. Sam. Nobody else's Michael Sam. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael Sam's and Johnny Manziel doing a little extra. But they didn't even talk about that in mainstream media, only in sports media, really. Right. Um. But Michael Sam was news. Michael Sam was a seventh-round draft pick. Like, he wasn't even, like, top. He wasn't somebody people would care about. And he fucked up his combine. Probably because the media was all in his face and he couldn't focus. Now, yep. this is, and this is the thing, like, you guys, oh, answer, let me ask my question, actually. Um, do they typically show... I mean, are, are do football players when they when when they when, they, when you, people when they find they're drafted? Most of the ones I've seen that made it to mainstream, they were with their family or their mom. Or something. Yeah. What is it typically a couple kissing? Does that happen often? Uh, it's happened before. Um, it, this definitely really? isn't this definitely isn't the first time. It's not the first time. I can tell you that with certainty. But is it? Um, it definitely happened. But it's definitely happened many many. Many many times before, in the well, past. So not, not so well, much this not, year. What happened? Huh? What, what happened? Because well, I didn't. The phone. My phone did something funny. I couldn't hear what she asked. Well, well, oh, she asked, she asked, she basically asked if it was common for for couples to kiss when someone gets when a player gets drafted. Okay. So this. And yeah, it's it's, it's common. It happens. I mean, Michael Sam's okay. not the first, and he won't be the he won't be the last one okay. to you know okay. kiss a girlfriend okay. or wife. All right, all right. So, got it. So you're telling me that it's not uncommon. Like it wouldn't be unusual if you if you just happened to see a video of a guy kissing his wife or his girlfriend. That wouldn't Mm-mm. be like, oh, that, nobody'd be like, oh my god, look at what he did. This is you know re- either revolutionary or you know this is outrageous. You know what nope. I mean? I mean, Whatever nope. I mean, if you watch first, if you look, if you if you even were to just watch the first round, if you know this, you know, generally when the when the first round is especially get selected, you know, they'll hug, they'll hug moms and and dap up dads and whatnot. And at some point, if their girlfriend is, or wife is there, they probably gonna kiss. And guess what? The camera stays in their face until that man walks across the stage to get his jersey. Okay. Okay. It's, it's not. It's not uncommon. So the media hypes this up because, you know, and they show this clip over and over again. Because I saw it on mainstream and sports. And they, I mean, they show the clip over and over and over and over again. This thing that, that should that we should be like, oh, okay, cool. But, but the media yep. is hyping it up. And, 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 and you know, media is like, oh, either they're saying it's, this is revolutionary or they're saying this is disgusting or they're putting the news out there and everybody else is throwing out their comments. Oh, this is just outrageous, and if this was 
Christians, you know, we get dogged on, but gay people, you have to just, you know, me just love them. You know, you, you hear all that shit. Now, this is my, this is, now, this is where um, I kind of take, I'm always afraid of this part, I'm going to have to say, only because it's kind of like I don't want to give, I don't, want, I don't want the wrong side to think that I'm on their side because I'm not. I'm on, I don't believe there's anything wrong with what Homeboy did. I don't think there's anything disgusting. I don't think corrupt children. None of that dumb shit. I don't. It's kind of like I, don't, it's kind of like you, I have issues with Barack Obama, but I'll never say that shit around white people ever. As far as white people are concerned, I love Obama. He's the greatest man ever, you know, because I just I, – I just, I'm not saying, because soon you say some shit like, oh, yeah, Obama, you know, yeah, I don't like the drone strike. Some white guy's like, yeah, and, you know, he's giving all, he wants to raise all my taxes and give my money to these lazy poor people. Like, I don't want to hear that shit, <laughs> you know, so I don't even, I just, I'm always cautious about that. This is the thing. The media really pushed that Michael Sam thing. They wanted to get reactions. He's a seventh-round draft pick. He initially said he wanted it to be about football. He didn't want him being gay to be, you know, an issue. This is what he said. What happened to that? He had a fucking deal with Oprah for a documentary. He hasn't even made the team. Yeah, well, actually, they, they, Wait, they decided they pushed it. He has a deal pushed, with Oprah? No, 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 no. Yeah, well, he well, did. He did. Hold on, hold on. He did. It got tabled. For, it got tabled for the time being. It's going to happen if he makes the they're, – they're, they're only going to do it if he makes the team. It got tabled because the NFL didn't even know about it. No, no, that's a lie. The NFL actually knew about it before the draft. Oh, that's teams, Why would teams, he have – my question is, why would he even have a documentary it? when he's not even that great? The teams right. didn't know about it. The team, that's, well, what, that's what I meant. Yeah, the, the teams the didn't know about it. The NFL yeah. knew – and actually, part of that's part of why teams were like, "What the hell?" Because they were like, "Wait, Goodell, y'all, and never, and all y'all up there knew about it and didn't like let us know." Well, that, that's, that you know what? That's wait, 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 wait. Okay, now I'm confused. So he said he didn't want it to be about him being gay, but he made a deal with Oprah to do a documentary. Is that what you're saying? Uh, basically. This nigga. <laughs> okay. Now, now, so now I'm mad. Now I'm, I'm mad. Cool. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I mean, I mean, he lied, and I, I won't even. I'm not. I, I'm not sugarcoating that. He lied. He blatantly lied. So now I don't even know cool. what to say about the K kids. But. But, now I don't know what to say about him. No, but I'm saying, but my, the reason I don't have an issue, my, the part of the reason I don't have an issue is because NFL players have other shit going on all the time. No, per, no player anywhere on any team is only concerned about football. Yeah, it's only about player. football when they're. It's only about football during OTAs and during the season. Everybody has side hustles. Well, this nigga better throw his ass. He better play his player. ass off. He better play but his Brooke, ass off because he is not that good for it. Brooke, Brooke, the players who made the team, not people who Wait. haven't made the team yet. Listen to what I'm saying, Brooke. I no, 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 I, I understand, I, 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 and I agree. He hasn't, he hasn't accomplished anything yet, and, and I agree. And honestly, him making it, the fact that the Rams, the, their defensive line is already kind of loaded, so if he even makes the team, it's, it's like his, 
the Rams, as good of an organization that they are, probably one of the worst teams to have drafted them because they don't have a need even for backups on that defensive line. So it's pretty much it's pretty much a long shot for him anyway. I mean, Brooks, this is the thing. This is my issue it's more so with the media on this. More than people complaining, just fuck them. They're, they're gonna, people pick up, you know, there's going to be, them assholes going to exist regardless, and they're all ignorant. Fuck them. You know what I mean? But I'm, I do take issue with the media on this. Because it's not, it's, it's like they're using him and he doesn't even know it. That's how yeah. I really feel about it. He's being used. Because let's, let's be real about this shit. I don't, don't give a fuck about that. No, let's, let's just be honest. They don't give a fuck about really helping the LGBTQ community. Everything is about showboating. This is a cute thing to, to put in front of the camera to show how liberal we are. They're using him. Because the fact of the matter is this. If they really gave a fuck about the LGBTQ community, why are we seeing more stories on LGBTQ homelessness, youth homelessness? That's a real fucking hell. issue in that's a real fucking LGBTQ issue. That gets no press. We don't talk about that. A good high percentage of these homeless youth are LGBTQ. They're getting kicked out of their homes, excommunicated from their spaces, from their churches and clubs, end up on the street. That's not discussed at all. How many? I, see, I hear about gay marriage all day, every day. You know who gets married? Upper middle class and upper middle class people. White people. Black people, black people never get married. We have a very low marriage rate. You know why I don't want to get married? Money is a big factor in that. If you're a middle class person, you're thinking about health care service. You're thinking about, you know, things that you can, you know, sharing, you know, sharing their credit. So you got to buy a house together. If you're already poor. You're trying to find a place, an apartment from Section 8. How does that help you? And you're LGBTQ. Those issues don't get discussed. So the media can give a fuck about the LGBTQ community. And they're using his ass to, to, to parade around like, they, like they're liberal and forward-thinking. And he doesn't even know it. He's making deals with fucking Oprah. I'm sorry. I don't support it. Fuck his kids. That's minor. And honestly, I, 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 the kiss really is, is just a way to get, draw attention for the media to use them. Not saying that's why he kissed that person, to kiss his friend or boyfriend or whatever he was. Because he might have already, he might have, maybe he was going to do it, but the, the fact that this got pushed over and over and over and over again. That controversy, people hating on it, that draws attention. And then they'll say, and then, that, then that person hating on it gets persecuted, and then it looks like we give a fuck. Because we got rid of, we talked we talked. We made sure that somebody who said something negative was punished. They just said something negative. Never mind the fact that this kid's mom just kicked them out the house because they're they can't you know they're confused about their how they feel about their sexuality or their body, and their parents kick them out of the house, kick their child out. Neither doesn't cover that. But let somebody say something negative, say a word. Media's all over because it, it looks. Because it makes them look good. That's my rant on that. Well then. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, y'all can respond to that. I could disagree. I'm just like, 
That's just my take on this shit. You just snatched I agree my with wig, many and things, uh, I, I, I was just start. sitting here taking it. That's be the star's perspective. <laughs> Yeah. This is what happens when you let Vito watch sports. <laughs> I had wrote I had wrote Damn something it, a long time ago about I, yeah, I had wrote something a long time ago about the fo- the focus of um how they kind of focus how the the focus has kind of shifted from the um the different kind of I don't know I I'm I'm, I'm getting jumbled now um the LGBT movement and how it's kind of like the focus is on the people in who are still still focused on the people in power, just kind of like with feminism, you know, LGBTQ is kind of like what white men want and shit like that, like marriage and shit that, you know, other people don't necessarily care as much about. I mean, all they have to worry about is that kind of shit. I mean, there's people who need, are homeless and, and, you know, like there's a lot of gay kids, transgender kids who get kicked out of their houses and and they're living on the streets because, of their parents, you know, as beliefs or religious beliefs or even just, you know, beliefs that homosexuality is a sin or is disgusting or is unnatural or whatever, and they're living on the streets because of it. And there's so many of them out there, and for the focus to be on gay marriage, I mean, it's an issue, but is it really the most important issue? Probably not. I mean... That's the thing. That's the thing. Like that's exactly my point. I've been saying this for years. I, this is not new shit. I'm saying this. I've done um, pretty much all of my shows, and it's just, and I, I, it is funny because I actually talked about it in regards to feminism, and I was explaining how feminism is a white middle class woman's movement, or how it's led like that. That's why I identify specifically as black feminists. But that's how that movement has been led, and that's why there are groups who are separating and identifying their ethnicity or or uh, or whatever. So it's like, you know, feminism. And I always use the LGBTQ community as an as another example of that. And exactly with it was I put rich white males because it is especially in L.A. And I learned this from my a friend of mine. He's Mexican-American. Uh, he's gay, and he's um, part of organizations out here. And he was explaining, you know, the L.A. organizations that he, he told me, these are run by rich white men, and they care about rich white male issues. That's what they're about. He said, because they'll have town hall meetings, and the black and uh, Latino uh, uh, LGBTQ person will say something, and they dismiss it. They're talking about jobs. They're talking about how their community, how they can't seem to find a job it was difficult in their community. They don't have certain things. And they're like, yeah, fuck that. We want to talk about, you know, at the time it was gay marriage, so Prop 8 was, uh, was out. And it's the same thing with um, feminism. So I made, I made, I've always made that comparison. And, um, you know, there are real issues that exist, but it's always an issue of what's getting the promotion. And I want yeah. to say something, because you, Brooke, said something. He said, damn it, Bruce. And that's so funny because, yeah, it's pretty much Bruce. Bruce is, like, political, social justice-minded. And I didn't know this shit was in sports. So I'm all, like, I'm all into this sports shit. Like, I'm finding racism, sexism, classism. I'm just all into shit. (laughs) Yep. So 
Uh, Vita, are you about to leave? Yep. That's my time. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, well, hold on. Well, before you go, uh, uh, my girl wants to respond to your comment, so I I told her I'd bring – told her I would let her come on and respond to what you just said. Oh, okay. Okay. And – all right, your mic is on. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hi. I'm good. Great. Hi. I just want you to know I've been having such a good time listening to you guys. And I've been, like, sitting here screaming into the pillow because Brooks is like, nah, nah, it's fine. Don't say anything. But I, I have a, a ton of friends in the LGBTQ community, and I love them all. And my personal perspective when it comes to Michael Sam is that I heard one of you say um, he's being used as a pawn. Uh, he doesn't even know what they're doing to him. And my perspective is who says that that man doesn't know what's happening? I think Oprah Winfrey is a very smart person, and if she makes a decision to put someone on television, it's because of many, many reasons. I think Michael Sam is probably a very smart guy and knows what's going on in the world. I don't think he's necessarily being used as a pawn, but he may be being used as a representative. Um, And I think it's really important to have really strong figures at the beginning of a movement. When we were going through the Civil Rights Movement, we could say that the little black children that we were marching into schools in the South and having people attack them and spit on them were being used as a pawn. Like, back then it would be easy to say, why would you put your child in that situation? You're just using them as a pawn. The system is using that as a pawn. But we have to start somewhere. I also think that the LGBTQ uh, community's agenda is really important. And marriage, yeah, I do understand there are more upper-middle-class people that tend to partake in that union or in that institution, but it's critical that they be allowed the basic rights to. I understand homelessness is a huge problem, but it's a lot easier to find comfort in a system once you have other areas that you can reach out um, and other sources you can go to. If being gay is, uh, if by being gay you're deemed unequal in your community and you can't access resources, Survivor benefits are a huge problem, and there are lots of gay couples in America that can't access survivor benefits. They can't access uh, commonplace custody arrangements when their partners pass away because they don't have the rights that a regular married couple would. And getting those rights is so critical for them. So I think saying that uh, the LGBT community is focusing on the wrong thing is hard because you can't do everything at once. You have to start somewhere. And I say getting equal legal protection uh, and rights under the law is a great place to start. Uh, and marriage, besides just uh, general survivor benefits and uh, having custody resolved by being able to legally wed, you also have tons of problems that uh, – it solves across the board. You know what I mean? Health insurance, access to health insurance. Can you imagine being with someone okay, for like 40, okay. 50 years? I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I got to go and I got to respond because I feel like you missed a few points. First of all, nobody okay. on here was 
for against gay marriage or that it shouldn't even be in a discussion issue. That was never said. This whole, like... No, I don't think camp- that's what you said. Yeah, I get that. But this whole... I thought you were giving, like, this whole campaign of on um, why gay marriage is an important issue. Obviously, it's an important issue. No one's saying it's not an important issue. Important issue. We're saying that, that that's, there are also other important issues that can be discussed and should be discussed. That's and be also be a part of the narrative in mainstream media if we're going to talk about it. That's that point. I don't understand why. I mean, no, you know, I get all the reasons why marriage and gay marriage and LGBT, you know, uh, should be legalized, and I'm, I'm 100% for it. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are. So that I don't think that I don't understand. Like you just have to get this whole campaign for that. So nobody, because nobody was against it. Um, and getting back to the other point about being used upon, you did make a good point. Right, maybe he does know. He may know exactly what he's doing. But what I'm saying, and I, what, the point that I was making wasn't that he, he wasn't a, a representative. But honestly, I think, I think he'd be more of a representative once he actually made the team and he played football as he said he wanted to do and be recognized as a football player and, do, and, and be a good player. That is a stronger representative. Okay, he can't even focus during his combine. Because there was so much media attention. You have to stay focused. These, these players are, a lot of it, I mean, it's physical, but it's also extremely mental. It is. That's, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me finish my point because then I got to go. Because I feel like you, you, you kind of missed the point that I was making. Yeah, he may be a representative. I'll give you that. Maybe I'm wrong. He doesn't know what's going on. But what I'm saying yeah. is that this story, this particular story, Michael, Sam, Bob, Blue, whoever the fuck it is, he's, he, whoever, it doesn't matter if it's Michael, Sam, or anybody else. <laughs> story is getting a lot of press and a lot of play over issues that actually matter. It would be different if, if Michael Sam never happened. How come LGBTQ issues aren't getting uh, uh, that? Like, like and I brought up youth homelessness. I'll stick with that one. You know, like LGBTQ youth homelessness is an issue, but the media gives so much of a fuck about. Well, I, I think the media well, is definitely the, getting wait, a wait, lot wait, of. Let me finish. Let me finish. The media is trying to – these media outlets are trying to portray themselves as progressive and liberal. Because, and so they want to say, hey, we care. If they cared, why aren't these issues also being discovered, uh, being covered? They don't actually care. That's the point But do that you I'm think making. that gay kids killing themselves is an important issue? Because I've definitely seen a ton of coverage yes, about I that do. in the media. I and I do no, see other gay no, issues in the media. Enough, it does not get enough coverage. I, it gets coverage. Nothing gets good enough coverage, listen, though. Listen, obviously, but I'm pointing. I'm not saying uh, that other that other issues get better coverage. In fact, they probably get just as bad. In fact, they do get just as bad. But it's on the black issues. But that's not my point. Yeah. My point: the media is trying to portray itself as liberal and progressive, and that's what they're using the Michael Sam story for. It is not even actually about supporting the LGBTQ community. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that. Is he a seed that we can grow I'm, from? I'm not a seed. What are you a seed of what? What are you talking about? Is he is this sure that they're running? Is LB uh, gay and trans issues in the media right was something that was so uh, shied away from. No one wanted to talk about it. Do you think it's helpful for a gay child in Middle America where no one in his town? is like him, you don't think it's progressive or helpful for that child who doesn't have access to that uh, Yes, to see someone like them that's popular? And he doesn't have to make it 
onto the scene to have reached that child. I'm not arguing with you. Like, I agree that everything everything you're saying are important issues. They're important issues. I'm just saying that I think that perhaps he does know what's going on, and perhaps it is important. Um, I agree that he should really be focused, but if we can just be out there and be like, look, uh, if one child sees that feature, especially because it has been run so much and doesn't kill themselves because they're like, you know what, he can make it this far, and he's like me, I think then that's a success. I think every step we take is a success. I'm going to tell you why you're killing me, because you, you, like, you perfectly missed my point to keep making yours. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. And I, I'm not even in disagreement with you. Yes, it can help some kid in fuck, fuck, random state. Yes, it can. And I'm very happy about that. Yeah. But, I'm, but, 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 but couldn't stories that are also being covered saying, hey, you know, we need to make sure people are taken care of. We need to, how about our society show you? that we care about them. You know, I always talk about how I always, my, my, my society didn't care about me as a black kid, a poor black kid from South Central because my school was so fucked up. Mm-hmm. That hurt me more than the fact that there weren't enough black women on the cover of some damn magazine. Been at a higher rate than any other, uh, youth, any other youth, white, Latino, whatever. We're been at the highest rate. Even if we're the smallest portion of the population, we make up the majority of the suspensions of schools for the same uh, for the same infractions as another student. So if a black male sucks his teeth and, and, and walks out the classroom because he's mad at the teacher, he gets suspended. White female does it; she doesn't get suspended. So, I completely totally agree with you. I'm black. I have two black Let me finish my point, and I'm and I'm a I felt like my community yeah. and my society didn't give a fuck about me. I didn't care if so, some another model wasn't on the cover of some magazine. That wasn't my issue. I wasn't gonna be on a damn magazine. Oh great, I have a black female representative on the cover of this of, of, of this magazine. Beyonce's on the cover. Yay. Never mind the fact, but I still gotta go to a fucked up school every day. Yay. Michael Sam is, is representing us in, in football. My mama just kicking me out the fucking house. That you found out that I was gay. Wouldn't wouldn't those stories getting coverage mean like, hey, we as a society we give a fuck more so than Michael Sam? That's the point that I'm making. The media doesn't give a fuck. That's the point I'm making. Yeah, so, I think. I mean, go ahead. And I was gonna say, uh, I think. Uh, both of you made, you know, really, really great points. Vita, I know you have to go, so I'll, I'll let you go ahead and get out of here. And I'm, we're probably going to take a break. Unless you, right. you, you finish what you were just about to say, but uh, I know you have to get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and close out. Um, I, I, what, was, what, was, what was your name again, your girlfriend's name? Pauline. I'm Pauline. Okay, thank you very much, Pauline. I mean, sometimes we got to have counter discussions on these shows. A lot of times a lot of us we always agree or we're always making the you know yeah. just good. And you I know, appreciate your perspective. I really do. Thank you. And I, and I appreciate what you were saying because that's also a, at the same time it is important because one of my fears, like I said earlier, is because I make I say these things and I don't want uh the wrong people to think I'm on their side and I'm not. You know, but mm-hmm. I do want to be real about what the issues are. So I'm not I'm definitely yeah. not against and I'm not saying it's, not, it's a non-issue and you shouldn't talk about it. 
And I, and I don't want people to think that's what I'm saying because it's not. So I appreciate what you said because you made sure that yeah. that counter perspective was um, included because we don't want to miss. Not, 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 I wouldn't even call it counter. I would just say an addition to. So what we, yeah. what you provided was an addition to what I was saying. We don't want to we'll make sure we don't forget those other points. So I appreciate that. Um, thank you uh, to Noah and Brooke for letting me join you guys today. Um, I have been able to do my shows, and they were nice enough to let me co-host with them, um, and I really do appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Um, if you guys want to find me, I'm on Twitter, um, Vita Star, V-I-D-A-S-T-A-R-R, and I'm on Facebook under Vita Star G-U. Don't forget, there's two R's in Star. And uh, my show is on last of Vita Star normally on Thursdays, but uh, I'm on a Kind of a sort of a hiatus for a little while because I've got some things I got to work on. But um, you guys, you might hear me pop up as a co-host on some of these shows. Um, yeah, so that's it. Thank you again, guys. No problem. Peace out, Vida. Peace. So uh, we're going to take a small music break, and when we come back, we'll continue the Michael Sam discussion. Uh, this is the break beat. Your hat can't fit ya Either I'm with ya or against ya Format bencha Back to that maze I sent ya Talking to the rap inventor Nigga with the game type this That flame right Spell my name right B-I-double-G-I-E Iced out, lights out Me and Steve Leo Getting hands for some chick he know See it's all about the cheddar Nobody do it better Going back to Cali Strictly for the weather Women and the weed Sticky green No seed, bitch clean Papa ain't soft Get up in the hood Ain't no love lost, got me mixed up You drunk them licks up Mad cause I got my dicks up And my balls licked Forfeit, the game is mine I'ma spell my name one more time Check it, it's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S You just lay down slow Recognize the real dawn when you see one Sipping on booze in the house of blues I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back Choose the coast, I got to choose the east I live out there, so don't go there But that don't mean a nigga can't rest in the west See some nice breasts in the west Smoke some nice sets in the west Y'all niggas is a mess, thinking I'm gonna stop Giving L.A. props All I gotta beef with, those that violate me I shall annihilate me Case closed, suitcase filled with clothes Linens and things, I'll begin things People fuck flash, 818, 213s, 313s B.I.G. frequently floss holes at Roscoe's If I want a squirter, take her to Fat Burger Spend about a week on Venice Beach Sipping Crisco with some freak from Frisco I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali Play. My 
Bottles on the runway, scream Biggie Biggie, give me one more chance I'll be whipping on the freeway, the NYC way On the Sally Sally with my homeboy Lance Half ass from left to right Only got five months left to light I'm set tonight, better business of a Versace store Set these suckers till I ain't got no more Only in LA, bust on bitches LA Rub it in their tummy, lick it, say it's yummy Then fuck your man, fuck your plan Is it to rock the tri-state? Almost gold, five G's is your date Or do you wanna see about seven digits? Fuck holy quizzes, Cali, great place to visit I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back Like bird shit, you hurt skin. 
up quickly for all cheese and show money. Don't forget the publishing, I punish them. I'm done with them, son. I'm surprised you run with them. I think they got coming them, cause they nothing but dicks. Trying to blow up like nitro and dynamite stick. Man, I smoke hydro, rock diamonds, that's sick. Got pay off my flow, rock with my own clip. Take trips to Cairo, in with your bitch. I know you praying you was rich, fucking prick. When I see you, I'm a kick in the door, waving the 4-4. Uh-huh. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. Kick in the door, waving the 4-4. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. Kick in the door, waving the 4-4. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. Kick in the door, waving the 4-4. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. This goes out for those that choose to use disrespectful views on the king of NY. Fuck that, why try? Throw bleach in your eye. Now you're brailing it, that's that light shit, I'm scaling it Conscience of your nonsense, in 88, so more powder than Johnson and Johnson, choke steel like Bronson Vigilante, you wanna get on son, you need to ask me Ain't no other kings in this rap thing, they siblings Nothing but my children, one shot, they disappearing It's still when MCs used to be on cruddy shit Took home, ready to die, listen, study shit Now they on some money shit, successful out the blue They lightweight, Fred Gilly, my nine milli make the white that's why my money never funny, and you still recouping. Stupid, 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 stupid. And we are back once again on the breakbeat. It's me, the serial rhyme killer, your girl's favorite MC, and your favorite MC's favorite MC. And also on the line, we've got my dope co-host Noah, in the place to be. <laughs> And uh, we just played, we just played, um, going back to Cali, shout out to Vida, who was just on the show, also shout out to Pauline, who was just on the show, also, and then we also played my personal favorite Biggie song, Kick in the Door, R.I.P., in case you don't know, today's Biggie's birthday, so, you know, all this, most of the songs we're going to be playing tonight are all Biggie, so we just played those two, now we're about to jump into, uh, uh, something that's been that's came up, uh, excuse me, that's come in, come up in the news recently. Um, so you may have heard about there was a botched execution from a couple weeks ago. And uh, in case you don't know what happened, basically they a prisoner was supposed to die from lethal injection. Uh, they fumbled around and realized they didn't actually have enough of the dosage to kill him. So instead, uh, the the people in the lab basically just uh, put a bunch of crap together and injected him with it, not really knowing what was going to happen. And um, whatever they put together eventually, you know, eventually killed him, and he died from a heart attack. Um, But it was, um, you know, there's been uh, lots of news that's come up because of it, you know, as far as, you know, how humane was it, you know, because I guess guess there's normal, uh, I guess the normal, um, uh, dosage is, you know, I guess you die peacefully, you just kind of slowly fade out. And, you know, they said, you know, this kind of experimentation with, you know, different chemicals and whatnot was kind of inhumane, kind of an inhumane way to kill a uh, prisoner. So with that being said, um, with that being said, I want to kind of open up the floor. They, um, actually, actually, before I open up the floor, um, a Republican, I can't remember his name, actually introduced, wants to introduce legislation saying, hey, you know, why don't we just bring back the firing squad if we're, you know, if we're going to have issues with, you know, these lethal lethal injections and whatnot. Um, 
So that's kind of been in the news as of late. So now I'm going to open the floor. Um, so, Noah, what do you think? You know, um, first of all, I guess first things first, you know, are you in favor of a death penalty? And the second question would be, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think should be done, you know, in, in an event like this? I, okay, for a long time I was against the death penalty, like, against it. And now I'm kind of, like, very ambivalent about the whole thing. I think I'm still leaning more toward against. But what do you do? What do you do with with um, with with every with all of the criminals? Then I mean, do you do you like rehab them? Like you know, like therapy and different types of rehabilitation. I mean, what do you do? Because like obviously the way our prison system is right now is not really working. Personally, I think I think we need like to reform the whole justice. Justice, the whole system. Like we just we just need to we just need to reform it because like it's not it's not fair it's not working. But as far as the death penalty is concerned, I'm leaning more toward against. I just don't think that I just don't think that anybody should be able to just take another person's life in their hands, whatever the reason. But it's just that's just. A really big responsibility to me, and I, I personally could look at somebody and say, you know, they should be sentenced to death. Maybe if I had something happen to somebody in my family, I would feel differently. I'm not sure, but I mean, that's that's how I feel about that. Yeah, um, I'm kind of as the same way. Um, I've I've been I, I I was pro I was pro death penalty for. Um, a while, and I went back and forth a whole lot. Now I'm primarily, uh, I'm primarily anti anti death penalty, and I also completely agree with you that um, the system overall needs to needs to change. Uh, of course, I mean, just for starters, if we just started with drug de- decriminalization, uh, that would release like the overwhelming majority of people that are you know that are in prison right now. That would drastically decrease the prison population. And and that would be one way that we could, you know, we could, you know, stop having, you know, stop having to build prisons and instead, you know, actually use those buildings for other things. Um, right. Yeah. And there's this whole there's this whole issue too with the privatization of prisons too, where they could just yeah. pretty much do whatever the fuck they want to do. And yeah, I was actually just troubling. informed that they're that they're privately that prisons are privately owned, so they actually can't just use them for other things. Um but I mean that that be that be, you know, it's definitely like that's one place to start. And I and you know, I, I also agree like it also doesn't make a whole lot of sense just from the perspective of um you know, executions are expensive. Yeah. Like they cost more, right? They cost cost from what I, uh, okay. I thought it was more expensive to. What? I'm sorry, having the conversation off mic. <laughs> um, I thought um, executions. You know, I thought it was more expensive to to execute prisoners than it actually was to keep them alive. But uh, and that was main. That was one of the things that kind of also kind of led to me not really being in favor of it. I mean, 
as far as I'm concerned, it just like it just kind of seems like a really lazy way to get to get to to decrease uh, to to decrease the prison population. I think that um, I think if I think if prison if, if prison actually I had focused a bit more on actual rehabilitation other than basically just giving these grown adults 30 years of time out and then saying, all right, well, you're good to go. You know, that would probably be, that would probably be a bit more beneficial to, you know, actually making sure that, you know, time served in there was actually beneficial and you're not just re-releasing someone who, you know, just did 30 years and is now just going to go out and hadn't really, you know, had any real changes to themselves or their their mind state. Right. I think that if they were doing something like, like you said, just doing something constructive and teaching skills, but then they get, I mean, a lot of times men get out of jail, especially, like, black men, because uh, let's face it, like, Regardless of whether we what we want to believe about the U.S. and everything like that, the fact of the matter is is that black uh, people are more likely to hire a white felon than a black felon, and these are just facts. So regardless of what you know, we want to. I know we want everything to be like you know Obama eradicated racism, but that just didn't happen, and just like. Black men they get out of jail and it's like like I know I know a lot of a, a lot of felons for some reason I do <laughs> and um, <laughs> they get out of they they get out of jail and like like my my um, Everett's brother he's an entrepreneur he had to be though because like otherwise it's I mean he had he has had other jobs but you know he's trying to do the right thing and trying to get his life on well actually his life is already on track but you know he came out. And he was, like, you know, on some whole new shit. And then, like, people just turning him down left and right. It's really hard for him to find a job, even though he's on track with what he needs to be doing. And this is why a lot of felons go back to selling drugs and doing other shit is because they – what do they have to look forward to? What prospects do they have when they get out? They're marked with the F, and they they can't get ahead anyway. Right, and I mean, even if we like, if we just have a, a without even you know breaking it down to the, the racial categories, if we just have a general conversation, it's, it's hard in general to to really do anything in Fallon. I mean, honestly, the 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 the, convers- the the way people talk about criminals has to change, and the way that because people it's common that people don't even look at criminals as human. They don't see the human element. You know, they they treat them as if they're a lesser lesser species, and that you know contributes to why people you know don't really don't you know they're not really all that interested in re, or rehabbing the, the ones that you know the ones that are in there, or even giving second chances to those who may have been rehabilitated. Now, obviously, it's not to say that you know no one who gets out of prison has ever you know changed their life around. Because my uncle. My uncle just got married last year. He's got a, he's got a business going for himself. He's doing well for himself now, and I'm really proud of him. You know what I mean? And so it's not to say that you know that no one who gets out you know you know gets a second chance, but the the, the opportunities are severely severely limited. And it, and and the fact is they don't you know they don't look at whether or not someone is actually 
you know, actually trying to make a change or, or anything. And like you said, it's why a lot of people end up having to go back to basically their own, their old ways um, because they don't have the opportunity. There was a really dope documentary I saw um, about two these two guys in Baltimore called Omar and Ed or something like that. I can't remember the I can't remember the other guy's name. And it basically it followed these these two uh these two adult black men who had basically spent multiple years in and out of prison. And it was following them in their I want to say late forties. It follow it, it's follow, yeah. it's following them like in their late forties as they're getting out of prison. And it, it and and um it shows just how how difficult and how different their paths ended up being. Like they were best fr- they had been best friends since they were you know really young, but the difference the diff- the difference is when uh, when uh, Ed got out, for example, um, he mended a lot of the relationships he had with family and and whatnot, and he, he his family was there to offer the support that he needed to make sure that he didn't go back to doing what he did what he was doing that landed him in jail in the first place. And the, on the flip side of that, Omar didn't actually have that, you know, he didn't have support and he didn't have people in his corner and you know, for him he he ended up going back even though his friend his friend didn't go back, but he ended up going back because even though some of the programs that he was in you know, you know, made him want to change his life and and want to do better for himself. The him not having the support, you know, when times got tough, he was like, oh well, well, you know, it's nothing for me to go back and you know, I can just go outside and rob somebody and and have the money I need for this, you know. And yeah, and that, you know that that's I think it's really understated, you know, how how much we need to ensure that. You know the people who do get released actually have, uh, you know, adequate support. You know, not only support from, you know, people that they're coming out with, but you know, people from in their personal lives, people who can kind of be there, be there with them, and kind of, you know, kind of inspire them to, to, um, to really make a change. I think the other thing I kind of got from this documentary is that it's really understated. I don't think that Omar was ever really checked out to see if he had any, you know, um, had any had any issues. Mental. Yeah, mental, mental, mental issues. health issues. Indeed. I mean, yeah, a lot of ton, black people don't get that kind of help tons that of they addictions need. That were never addressed throughout the documentary, even though he blatantly admitted, right. you know, blatantly admitted that he uh, that he had them, and it was it, it was partially right. the reason that he was. Uh, that that he ended up getting back into the drug game and, and doing a lot of things that he was doing just you know when he was you know sixteen seventeen eight eighteen years old. Yeah. I um I I've seen that it's it's just like a lot of a lot of times they don't really look into that as far as like um, black felons are concerned they don't and and black people in general they don't tend to get the help that they we don't tend to get the help that we need for when it comes to mental issues and everything like that like um i've known like families where they they just feel like you know if you have an issue mental issue oh we'll just pray we'll just pray and 
and, you know, pray for guidance and everything like that, but they won't actually go get medical help, even though the help, the doctors and stuff are there. Like, they won't, they won't go do that. Like, I've known plenty of people who have said, there's nothing wrong with my kid. My kid doesn't have ADD or he doesn't have autism or he doesn't have this or he doesn't have that. He can't be schizophrenic. He can't be this or have these issues or they don't want to believe it. So they'll just be like, well, we'll just pray for it or we'll just pray that this won't happen or we'll just pray that that won't happen. And I don't even know, like, what can you say after that? Like, we just, you know, and a lot, and then a lot of times besides that, we that now some of us, more of us have um, health insurance, but then like a lot of us, you know, don't have access to those things to that kind of help, right? Or don't know how to get to it. So that's a lot of things. Agreed. All right, uh, Pauline's coming right back on. Oh my I completely and totally agree with you. More than 25% of people sitting in the prison system suffer from some form of intellectual disability, and the vast majority of them have gone undiagnosed. I think it's a huge problem because mental health issues are uh, continue to be stigmatized in the black community, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with why our incarceration rates are so incredibly high. Um, did you know that rape? Unless the person is under, 12, unless the victim is under 12 years old, is considered a B class felony, and drug trafficking is an A class felony and carries a higher penalty under the law. Is that not disgusting? It's a system essentially set up to incarcerate young black men, and the prison system is second only behind war as the biggest business in America. And when young black men go to jail, everyone makes money. Crest makes money because someone's making the toothpaste. Uh, Haynes makes money because someone's making those uniforms across the board. And the fact that it's a privatized system essentially means they have no interest in uh, releasing young black men. There are whole generations uh that don't know the men in their community, and it, it, it's keeping it's keeping us, as some would say, in our place, keeping the black family broken, and preventing us from moving forward in any sense. I'm sorry, that was it's my only true. point. Some facts for that ass. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I actually didn't really. I actually didn't know that that rape was considered a B class felony. I mean, all that does, all that speaks to, is the fact that you know this country, this country doesn't take that doesn't take rape serious. Doesn't take doesn't take conversations regarding rape. Doesn't take rape cases. Doesn't do anything regarding rape in any any form or fashion serious. And it, to relate this to the convert, the fact we were just talking about prison, like the fact that you know jail rape is used you know, so commonly as a punchline, despite the fact that it's, you know, it's a really awful and traumatizing event, you know, just kind of speaks to that, you know, it's it's a joke, it's it's supposed to be funny, but, you know, there's nothing funny about that. Right. And it just speaks to the fact that, you know, you know, conversations around about this have to be had, and 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 people need to be educated about, you know, rape 
and what constitutes rape and, and the fact that it's not a joke. It's not a punchline, and it shouldn't be used as one, considering how life-changing that can be. You know what I mean? I don't remember mm-hmm. the, the figure offhand, but there was a figure, you know, that, that basically said, like, the vast majority of, of black women, for example, you know, were sexually assaulted at some point in their life. And that's, like, it, I don't remember what it is offhand, but it was a really, really alarming number. And and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of shit we need to, you know, those are conversations that, that need to be had. You know, all of this shit is connected. You know, you know these 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 conversations these these things are not isolated at all. You know, they they're all they're all connected in some form or fashion. Yeah, it's fucked up. This whole thing is fucked up. I'm sorry. You know what? Sorry. You know what else is really fucked up? That we'll spend forty thousand dollars a year to keep each young black man locked up in jail, but we can't spend that to educate our children. We can't give them scholarships to go to school, and the federal government says that they just don't have the money. But essentially, the taxpayers are the ones paying to keep these men in jail. The taxpayers are paying private institutions to keep them in jail. I actually had a friend that was locked up um, about a year and a half ago, and while he was in jail, they would wake them up at 4 o'clock in the morning um, and tell them that they could have breakfast from 4 to 4.30. Um, And the whole purpose of them making them have breakfast that early in the morning is because when you're in jail, you have to have money on your book, and you can eat whenever you want if you can afford to pay for it. So in addition to locking you up and taking your freedom, now the people on the outside that are helping support you are having to pay just so that you don't go hungry because they'll feed you, but not at the time that a regular human being would eat. It's like when you go to jail, some part of your humanity is like slipped away from you because you no longer have the dignity of eating at a regular hour or sleeping when you want to. You're essentially told that you're less than human. It strips you of the right to vote when you come out. It's it's disgusting, and the fact that this system hasn't been changed in go as is for decades to come, long after we're all dead and gone, just speaks to institutionalized racism uh, in America. Wig. I don't see why felons should not be allowed to vote. That always confused me. Well, that's because it goes back to what I said earlier about you know them not seeing them as people. You know, they basically, you know, I mean, if you really want to, if you want, really want to talk about it, um, I think it's Amendment 13 or whatever that basically abolished slavery except for punishment of a crime. That's I, essentially what this is. You well, know, they I they mean, they have I, they, they. Yeah, I feel I get that, but I just feel like that doesn't make any sense. I feel like it depends on it should depend on what type of um, felony you have, 
or if you're if you have, if you're mentally able. I don't think that you stop being mentally able to vote just because you went to jail or you sold drugs or something. I don't get that. I just don't understand that. Right, but they don't they don't see it as that. You know, they just see it as you did this. Like again, they they've turned it into what it's essentially turned into is okay, you did a bad thing, so you're gonna go in timeout and you can't play video games. Right. That's crazy. I don't see why there hasn't been uproar over this. Or like, there should be. This should be an issue. Like, somebody should do something about this. Well, I mean, plenty of people. There are plenty of people and whatnot that are that are actively out here fighting to uh, fighting to to get rights for uh, felons. And and for and for prisoners, but the fact of the matter is, the public at large doesn't take this, doesn't think it's a serious enough issue to discuss. Again, you know, the conversation regard, around criminals is that criminals are just these big bad evil people, and that whatever you do to them, they deserve because they landed themselves in jail. So if you do, oh, they're not, you know, they're not being, they're not being fed adequately. Well, sucks. Don't go to prison. You know. Oh, they're getting raped in jail? Damn, that sucks. Shouldn't have gone to jail. You know what I mean? Oh, you can't vote when you get out? Well, shouldn't have committed that crime. You know what I mean? That's, you know, it's like it was said earlier. Like, the the, the, the entire conversation around this has got to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's 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 essentially modern day Jim Crow, as Pauline just kind of told me, and, and it goes that brings me to the you know the book that I'm reading, the new Jim Crow, which actually speaks about this exact issue. Side note, encourage all of you yeah. out there to go out there and read the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. It's a really phenomenal book. Are we are really. we are we are we are we plugging books? Are we talking about books? Because I got a book. Oh God, look what I started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One book I think that people should pick up who don't really like, you know, understand why me and Vita brought up the issue of um, like homelessness and everything like that is why are faggots still afraid of faggots? There's a lot of really good essays in that book that kind of talk about the same things that me and Peter brought up, which is like, not that gay marriage isn't important, but in the grand scheme of things, there are often issues that of the privilege that are put over issues of the oppressed. And the other issues need to be brought up and talked about too. And that this book kind of has a lot of essays by different people, whether they're transgender and um, homosexual men, um, some homosexual women. It's called Why Are Faggots So Afraid of Faggots? Flaming Challenges to Masculinity, Objectification, and Desire to Conform. And it's edited by Matilda Bernstein-Sycamore, who I believe is transgender, but I'm not entirely sure. So I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But it's a really good book of essays, like, it's really, 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 really good. So and it's it. only fourteen dollars on Amazon. Yep. So 
<laughs> Definitely, it's a, it's a good book. Yeah, if I get whenever I get some sort of income coming my way, definitely gonna add that to my list. Yeah, Thanks, Alicia. It's, Alicia it's, seems really it's a really good book. I read some, I read a lot of the essays in there, and it kind of made me think about the issues in a way that I never thought about them before. Obviously, I'm I'm well, not obviously, but I'm I'm bisexual. But because I am with Everett, it's just kind of like it's it's not it matters, but it doesn't matter because. I am obviously I'm camouflaged, <laughs> but reading this book kind of made me think about the issues and it kind of made me think because a lot of people don't consider the fact that, yes, gay marriage is important, but in the grand scheme of things, if we're talking about, you know, the, the issues that are important to those who are oppressed or lower income, of which I am lower income, marriage is not important to me. Marriage is not important to me in general, but even if it was something that I would want to do, it wouldn't it wouldn't be important to me right now. Why? Because I lack the means to be able to do that or make it important. There are things that are way more important than that, like health care and lots of other things. That the fact that I just spent a hundred almost a hundred dollars on food and I only bought fifteen things today, like that that is a really big issue to me. Marriage is not at the top of that list. That doesn't make it not important. It's just way at the bottom of the list for me. Because I am in poverty. And the this book kind of talks about those who are in poverty and their view on things and why they think that there should be other issues that are talked about right alongside this whole gay marriage thing. Yes, you know, gay marriage succeeding would be a victory, but for who? Yeah, it would be some kind of victory, but to anybody who's oppressed or in poverty or any, you know, homosexuals of color, transgender folks and everything like that, it wouldn't be that big of a victory for them because they can't really benefit from it besides the visibility. You know, most of the gay couples that we see that are supporting this are out there are two white males. You know, even in American Dad, you see two white guys. You're not going to see a whole lot of people of color in these, in these, you know, visible like that. So, I mean, this book was really good at breaking it down. And it was very mixed. It was, you know, there were Latinos, there were whites, there were blacks, all talking about their different experiences. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was actually I was actually just reading uh, the bi- Matilda's bio. Uh, she is trans, um, and yeah. she's written a couple other books that seem kind of interesting. Nobody passes rejecting the rules of gender and conformity. Uh, that's revolting. Uh, queer strategies for resisting assimilation and dangerous families. Queer writing on surviving. Actually, this one seems kind of interesting. Tricks and treats. Sex workers write about their clients. Hmm. I want that so bad. <laughs> uh, better find it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Better find that on Amazon. It's All very right, hard well, to find really good books about sex work. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we. I'm, well, I'm sure there are more. You can definitely find some dope ones. I maybe have to hit up some yeah. contacts about that. So, this, with that being said, uh, we have six minutes left uh, here on the break beat. And uh, before we go, definitely want to uh, we'll give a shout out once again to Vita and for Pauline for calling in. Thank you, thank you to awesome folks for uh, for calling in. Shout out to everyone who's listening right now. Thanks to the people uh, in the chat room. You know, all one of you. 
and <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously shout out to all of you all who will be listening on the the podcast as well. Um, the next two, uh, we have some uh, some other dope shows that will be uh, coming up in the in the in the future. Uh, one of our future episodes, more than likely, is going to be a um, a repost or not a repost? What do you call it? A rerun. There we go. <laughs> as uh we'll have a it'll be a, a rerun because uh noah right here is going to be doing some awesome stuff uh over the course of the next month and you know the the show to some degree is going to have to go on the back burner which is uh, which is cool because obviously we we love her and we support her here it's going to be dope Yay. So, I'm uh, do you want to talk? Do you want to say a little something about your your project that you'll be doing? We have four and a half. Sure. Minutes. Yes. I am Go going ahead. to be doing having a, a, a an internship at the Urban Ecology Center here in Milwaukee. It's actually a really cool center that they um start. It started a, maybe like thirty years ago. I'm not sure. And basically, it was started by the neighborhood to kind of clean up the park, and it simultaneously lowered the crime rate in the neighborhood because they bring groups of kids into the park and teach them about ecology in an urban environment. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of my little side thing about environmental awareness and environmental justice and everything in sustainable cities. So that's my side project, you guys. I'm going to be doing it for 10 weeks. It's pretty awesome. Dope. Excited. Dope, dope. <laughs> so uh, she'll be doing that. So she'll, uh, one of our shows will be a rerun, and one of our shows will be uh, something pre-recorded for you guys. So unfortunately, there will be no Twitter chat, and there won't be any chat room for you guys to comment on. But uh doesn't mean you won't be able to, to let us know what you think. As always, you can catch us, catch me on Twitter, at MC Brooks, or on Facebook under the same name. You can catch Noah on Twitter at Noah Athena or on Facebook under all 47 of her names. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> you do have like four, four or five, four, definitely four. Um, you can catch her on, on, on there also. You can also catch, you can also read Noah's blog at loudishness, loudishness.com, right? I got that right. I yeah. think I got that right. Pretty sure I got that right. Okay, cool. Just hoping I got that right. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also check uh, check my music out, ReverbNation.com backslash MC Brooks. Ah, damn. Backslash MC Brooks. Tongue twisters. Um, and whatnot. So uh, we're going to sign out a little early tonight. Um, we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, you can like our actual Facebook page. I promise you we will start using it in the future, you know, soon. And um, <laughs> with that being said, we will catch you guys in two weeks on the breakbeat. I'm Brooks. She's Noah. And we out of here. Bye-bye.
some days off where we probably... Hello? Yeah. Oh, dang. The song went off. Because we're on the podcast. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, good. Um, you said you got your schedule, and then what? I got my schedule, and um, but I don't, I'm not looking at it right now. But I think I have some days off, so maybe we could just do a show on one of those days, and then the other one we could just play a rerun, or we could just record the show on one of those days and then play it on a different day. I don't know how you want to do that. It is fine. It is fine. Um, I had a job interview earlier today, so Negro might be working soon. Oh, snap. Oh, Yo, $16, $16 an hour? I see you. What kind of job is it? Look, $16 an hour to shop for people. Uh, I'm not mad at that. Wait, you're going you're gonna to be like one of those secret shoppers? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's basically, oh, wait, it's basically then I don't like... No, no, no. It's basically like, like let's say you... <laughs> You want to let's say you want to buy your groceries online because you're too lazy to come to Whole Foods, you know. Yeah. So you'll go online, put all the stuff together in your cart, and then you'll have you'll want to have it delivered to you. My job is to go mm-hmm. and get all the shit, and so you can have it. Oh. Sixteen dollars an hour, okay. forty hours a week. That's not. Really I, I can do that. that. Shop, you know. Do it. Right. I'm saying, as long as I can keep a, as long as as long as I got, as, as I can wear my headphones, like I'll be in this bitch. Oh yeah. Do it. Do Hell, it. Oh yeah. Like I did, I did the math on that shit. I mean, wait. Well, I did the math when it was 15, because I thought it was supposed to be 15 an hour. This lady today was like, nah, it's 16. I almost drooled. Like word? Oh shit. Yeah. No, I'm gonna get off of here though. I gotta put I gotta put Paula to bed. Word. Hey, is uh Ever still up? I'm gonna call him. Yeah, actually. but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him real quick. Okay. All right. All right. We are. Bye.